following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Well, um, this morning, uh, I don't have a traditional sermon. I have some things that I want to share with you about uh, what's going on in the life of our church. I think that's an important thing to do in this setting once in a while. But I also think it's really important that we uh, hear the words of Scripture when we come together uh, for gathered worship. And so, to, um, to make sure that that happens, I, I want to read to you one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. I'm not going to preach on this text. It may or may not have anything to do with... <laughs> with what I will talk about in just a minute, but what it will do is remind us that the the words of Scripture are central to us and authoritative for us and formative for us. And this particular story is just so wonderful that I think we can get something out of it and and you can get something out of it um, without a sermon. Imagine that. (laughs) Um, So this is Acts chapter 10. If you'd like to read along with me, uh, you can grab a red Bible and turn to page 894. I'm just going to read the whole chapter. Um, I'm going to resist, I hope, the temptation to stop and offer comments. But I want this story to, uh, to come to you this morning, okay? In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort as it was called. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. Uh, Okay, this is the one diversion I will make. Uh, Two sentences, right? And I wanted to do it after the first one. (laughs) So uh, if you don't know this, um, in, in, in this time there were two groups of people who could worship Yahweh, the Jewish God, um, and varying degrees of completeness, right? So you had people who were born Jews, three groups actually, people who were born Jews, uh, and they were part of God's family. You had people who had converted to Judaism, which would have included willing to keep the uh, kosher laws and all of the Mosaic laws and circumcision for males. Um, And then you had this third category of people known as God-fearers, Yahweh-fearers, right? These were people who... um, were kind of following Judaism, but had not yet gone all the way to full conversion, right? Um, and so that's what Cornelius is. He's not a Jew. He's um, a Roman centurion, actually, uh, and from the Italian cohort, so um, maybe he's Italian. Um, we don't know what his last name is to know if it ends in a vowel or not, so I guess we can't <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, but he's a God-fearer. That's what it says when... Um, when he feared God with all his household. It doesn't mean he was afraid. It meant that he was a, a, a devoted worshiper of Yahweh. Okay. That's the only thing I'll say other than read the text. Um, he gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. He stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? He answered, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now, send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. 
When the angel who spoke to him had left, he called two of his slaves and a devout soldier from the ranks of those who served him. And after telling them everything, he sent them to Joppa. About noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven opened and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, By no means, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. He keeps kosher. The voice said to him again a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. Now, while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision he had seen, suddenly the men sent by Cornelius appeared to him. They were asking for Simon's house and were standing by the gate. They called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Look, three men are searching for you. Now get up, go down, and go with them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, I'm the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? They answered, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So Peter invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and went with them, and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day they came to Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. On Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him, and falling at his feet, worshipped him. But Peter made him get up, saying, Stand up, I am only a mortal. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled, and he said to them, You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now, may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago, at this very hour, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner by the sea. Therefore, I have sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. So now, all of us are here in the presence of God to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. 
They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. This is the word of the Lord. Don't you just want to like talk about that for an hour now? <laughs> Too bad. Talk about it on the way home. Have you ever had this kind of experience where something happens to you and you know even as it's happening that this is going to be a key moment in your life? I mean, sometimes it's easy to look back and say that was a key moment in our life, but I'm talking about the times when you know as it's happening, this is a turning point, this is a hinge, this is, um, this is a big deal for me in my whole life. I've had the uh, privilege of doing two weddings the last two weekends, and I love doing weddings in part because weddings are one of those moments where you know things are different now. <laughs> I came in here one way, I'm coming out the other way. But it doesn't always have to be like a, a, a big mountaintop experience like that. Sometimes you can just know. Sometimes it's, uh, it's like a birthday or something. I remember when I turned 10, I thought that was a big deal because I had two digits now, not just one. Um, a lot of times we have a sweet 16 party, right? Uh, for some people, turning 40 is a really big deal. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> because uh, I'm so much younger than 40, but uh, I guess there's some of you in the room who do understand that. <laughs> um, maybe 65 if you're a person who's, who's retiring at 65. Um, and for those of us who are under 40, that's a pipe dream, so just get that out of your head right now. But um, I believe that Artisan Church is at one of those interesting and important moments in our story, our history more in the birthday sense than in the wedding sense. But I, I feel that this is something that's happening. There's something, this is a hinge for us or a turning point for us. This moment in our story is important. And we, we'll be able to look back and say, something was different then. Uh, as most of you know, probably we celebrated our 10th anniversary as a church earlier this year. And so it's natural for us to become a little reflective and introspective and think back over the 10 years that we've been here. Um, not all of you have been here the whole time, but um, and it's natural to think ahead to what's coming next. 
And on top of that, the time in the year for us right now, we are approaching the moment when we will change from one ministry year to another. So our ministry year where we run our budgets and you know, kind of try to start new things and, and begin to have a, a, a common thread for the year, that happens in July, runs July through June. So for us, the last day of May means that we're about to start the last month of our ministry year. And so that's another occasion when it would be appropriate to, to look back and to look ahead. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I just wanted to take a few minutes and do that and um, tell you about some, some of the story of where we've been and where I think that we are going and, and that kind of stuff. So the first thing um, that I want you to know about and be aware of and plan to be part of, if it's at all possible, is our annual meeting. This is uh, happening a, is it? That's two weeks from Wednesday on June 17th. Right. I'm 99.9% sure that for once I got the date right. Um, but if I'm wrong, somebody better tell me now. June 17th is two weeks from Wednesday. We have an, a quarterly all-church gathering called the Gallery. And this, this one is the, the Gallery that's the annual meeting. And I want to encourage you to be at that. If you're an official covenanted member of Artisan Church... Um, I can't make you do anything, but I really, really want you to be there. If you're not an official member, you're just part of the community, that's awesome. You can come too. If this is your first time at Artisan and you're wondering what makes us tick and why are they weird in that particular way, uh, you can come too. You probably won't get an answer to your question, but um, you could experience a little bit more of our life together. This is an open call. It's just that people who are members, we really need you to be there. And uh, one of the reasons, that's true for all the galleries, but for this one in particular, we want you there because we need you to be present for a vote. Uh, We are going to vote to affirm the new nominee for the leadership team. The nominating committee met and formed and has nominated Colleen Schneider um, to be our next leadership team member. Yes, yay, Colleen. Colleen... um, uh, will be taking her medical boards the next day. So we'll vote first <laughs> and then let her go. Uh, but we want you to be there for that. And we're also going to vote on our budget, which is what we do at our annual meeting every year. This year we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, and those of you who are members of the church will receive via email this week, uh, probably in the next day or two, depending on how quick the uh, revisions happen, a copy of our proposed budget that the leadership team uh, and staff have spent hours on, as well as, for the first time ever, what's called a narrative budget, which is a, uh, for those of you who are uh, humanities people and you want to know the story of our budget, we'll do it that way too. If the spreadsheet just makes you go, ugh, ugh. <laughs> hopefully the narrative budget will help. And uh, for some of us, I'm one of these people, I like to go back and forth between two documents like that and see how one speaks into the other. So you'll be receiving that so that you can have a chance to to review it and offer uh, any thoughts and feedback you might have before you have to vote on it. Um, So the vote will happen on June 17th at our annual meeting, uh, but if you are a member and you'd like to submit feedback, suggest revisions, that kind of thing, you can send that stuff to us and the contact information will be in the the, uh, PDF that you'll get via email. And with the end of our ministry year comes the end of our thematic thread. Who can tell me what our thematic thread for 2014-15 was? Shaped by the words, as in the words of Scripture. 
We've spent this whole year trying to spend, uh, trying to take extra care to uh, hear from the words of Scripture and to allow them to shape us and to to mold us into a more uh, a more close replica of Christ Himself. Right? We believe that the Scriptures have this story that is formative for all of us, and so we've been spending extra time in there. We did a summer read last year with uh, Scott McKnight's book, The Blue Parakeet, which is kind of an overview of how to approach scripture and had a great experience with that. Uh, we spent um, many weeks in the Gospel of John, which I love when we're, when we're looking at John together. We did a series on the family of Abraham where we looked at some of the Hebrew Bible texts about the patriarch of the Jewish faith. We did flannel graph. Who was here for flannel graph? Flannel graph was super fun, once again, wasn't it? We'll do another flannel graph, not this coming year probably, but um, we will do another one sometime. We're, we're overdue to do a New Testament flannel graph, which would be fun, and so we'll do that. We did a series on the book of Philippians. Do you, anybody remember the book of Philippians? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we also did a bunch of topical series, but even in those topical series, we tried all, at all times to continue to hear from and be shaped by the words of Scripture. So that was been our, that's been our thematic thread this year. And I'm really excited uh, for the way that we're going to cap that off, which is next Sunday on the 7th, um, we'll have a guest preacher here. He's a friend of mine, uh, a covenant church planter in Blacksburg, Virginia, who I met in uh, Denver at our midwinter conference this past uh, January. And is one of those people who I had instant rapport with. You ever meet somebody and within a day you're like, this, uh, we're going to be buds for a long time. <laughs> um, his name is Don Sheever, and Don, Pastor Don has what I have described as an infectious love for Scripture. Uh, Don can sit down, and we, I know this because we did, uh, and you can just talk about the Bible with this guy for more than an hour. Um, hours, plural, and... He's not like Ivory Tower. He's just, he just is so in love with, with, the, with the scriptures, and he's got such an infectious love for them. You know, it kind of, it just sort of emanated out and stuck to me. So I'm super excited that he's going to be here next week. He's going to preach a message, uh, and I can't remember what we titled it, but the, the topic is going to be, how can we read the Bible um, and be both intellectually honest about what the nature of this book is, in other words, how it's historical and, and where it comes from and multi-authored and all that, all that kind of uh, intellectual stuff, and also be formed by it spiritually. And Pastor Don is brilliant with both sides of that coin. So I'm really excited he's going to be here next week. And um, <clears throat> he will uh, share with us, and I think we're actually also going to spend some time with him after the service, for those of us who want to, and I'll tell you about that next week. And uh, he's going to spend some time with our leadership team talking about discipleship the next day because uh, he's, he's running a church that's entirely based on one-on-one discipleship. So he sits down with people in his church for an, a couple hours once a week and um, he's making disciples. And then they kind of go through this program where they graduate so that they can be disciplers themselves. And uh, I, I'll, let you, I'll let him tell you about it, but it's really super cool and um, can't wait to have him here next week. And that's going to be such a great capstone for our Shaped by the Words thread. So that's, that's next week. Please don't miss next week. When you see it's a guest preacher, don't do the thing where you're like, oh, well, it must be, a, must be an off week. It must be something weird. I guess I'll, I'll go to Letchworth that day. Don't do that. 
what you will hear next week is going to be so much better <laughs> than what you hear week in and week out here. You don't want to miss it. I promise you don't want to miss it. Uh, and then actually we have another guest coming the following week, our, our superintendent, our conference superintendent with our, uh, the Great Lakes Conference of the Evangelical Covenant Church will be here. Garth McGrath is his name. He's a really wonderful guy. He's been a great uh, mentor and leader for me in my ministry, and uh, I'm excited to have him here with us too and to kind of strengthen that bond that we have with our family of churches. So, um, that's the next couple of weeks. That's the end of our, our 2014-15 thread, and I'll tell you what's coming next thread-wise in just a second. But I want to give you some, um, uh, a peek at what's happening through the summer. The first thing that I'll tell you about, and Aaron, maybe you can fire this slide as I do this, is uh, our summer read for this summer, 2015, is Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. Okay, this is a short little book. Uh, the edition that we're using has 122 pages, and the type isn't too small, so um, you can read it. But it's not a beach read either. Anybody who's started this yet? It's, it's rich and dense and really wonderful. It's, a, it's a, an exploration of Christian community which will play into um, what we're going to talk about in, in our next little thread, our next thematic thread. So these books we have, uh, I've got a bunch of copies left, and I'll just order more if we run out, but they're $10 each. You can take one home today. You can pay cash for it, um, or you can do an IOU, or if you can't afford it, you can just take one. And we've already had at least one person who paid double, so there, that happens. If you can pay double, go ahead and do that. If you can't pay at all, you can take one. It doesn't cost you a dime. And um, all we ask is that you read it and be, be here for the, the series that starts June 21st. We're going to do five weeks in this book. There's five sections of the book. We're going to do five weeks in the book in, uh, of, of teachings on it. So Artist in Summer Read is Bonhoeffer's Life Together, a really wonderful book. Um, Vera, I didn't uh, ask you if this was okay, but would you mind, uh, could I ask you to give like a, 30 to 45 second overview of the, the news with rain right now. Would that be okay? Yes, please do come up. So as you probably know, while Vera's coming up, I'll tell you, we've, we've arranged to have this partnership with a wonderful um, area ministry to the homeless, and um, that partnership is, uh, is going to ratchet up a little bit, isn't it? Okay, uh, so, so. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. This is a way we can really, really tangibly help people who are in need. And um, so we uh, have had our training. We've been working with the um, main organization just as a refresher. This is a network of um, faith uh, communities that help provide housing to homeless families working in partnership with an organization that provides a social worker, a day center, and support for families to get back on their feet and find uh, jobs, housing, and... um, have their needs met. So, so we had signed on as a support congregation and entered into kind of a covenant relationship with this group. And I said, okay, we're trained. Um, put us where you need us the most. And uh, the answer to that question is that uh, they had a, a host congregation drop out a few months ago when they kind of made do through one rotation. They had the family stay at the day center, which would be sort of like sleeping in your office, if you can. Um, so they have a couple holes in the schedule where they really, really need a congregation to step in and provide housing for families for a week-long period. And so we've said, yes, we'll do it. We can do it. 
So I'm thrilled with the leadership team signing on for this. Uh, this means that in July, our um, wonderful building here in our nice, nice neighborhood will be taking our space and converting it into living space for families for a week. And I'm thrilled to be able to share it. I feel like it just is such a nice space to be in. And I'm asking for everyone's help here to help make that happen. Yeah. So awesome. I think I went over time. No, it's fine. It's fine. So that, um, we, we took a step. <laughs> Thank you, the 12th through the 19th. So we, we took a step, <laughs> and um, suddenly the road got really steep, and that's what happens when you follow Jesus. So um, we are going to go on with faith and, and with great excitement. This will affect us a little bit for, for this, one of the Sundays, maybe both the Sundays, I'm not sure, but we'll, we will make this work, and I'm really excited that we have this opportunity um, to stretch ourselves a little bit more. So that's coming up in July. Uh, a few more things that are, that are coming down the road to us. One is a, a brand new approach to small groups. Now, if you've been here at Artisan for a long time, you know that we have uh, kind of done small groups in fits and starts, and um, we're going to basically wipe the slate clean. Now, if you're in a small group right now and you love it, don't worry, it's not going anywhere. You can continue to have it. We're going to start totally fresh with a different type of approach to our group life, and I'm not going to give you any details about that right now, um, except to say that it will start in the fall, and we're going to run it as a 10-week um, uh, experience, and there will be a, th- a three-week uh, ad drop kind of period, right, for, for you people who went to college, right? You know, you can kind of opt in late, or you can opt out if you do it soon enough and you don't get a failing grade. Um, so uh, it will be the kind of thing where I think you can have the experience and not... Uh, not feel like you're in it forever if it doesn't go super great for you. You can stick it out until the end and and um, should be good. So that's coming up. We'll start that in the fall sometime. Um, and uh, we're going to be working with potential group leaders during the summer to prepare them for that. We have uh, some changes coming to the way we do children's ministry, to the way the classrooms are organized. And Jesse was going to share that today, but... We're kind of short on volunteers, especially on a fifth Sunday, so she ended up teaching this morning, and um, that's okay. She'll tell you more details about that soon. Uh, it's not going to be a drastic change, but it'll be a little bit of a shift, in a, and uh, we'll start a new curriculum as well. Here's something that we're going to do for the first time ever this fall, is we're going to have an all-church retreat. Yeah, Artisan Woo, right? <clears throat> so we are going to go to our the Great Lakes Conference's Campground, which is Camp Mission Meadows, which is in, uh, near Chautauqua, it's in Duitville. And it's a beautiful facility, and we'll spend a couple of days there together. I don't remember the dates for that, so I'm not even going to try to get them right. But it's coming up. I think it might be October, the second weekend in October. Um, and we actually moved Cider Days uh, ahead. We're going to do Cider Days in September this year, you guys. The last weekend in se- I know! I know! I know. <laughs> What are those fatal words to a church? We've never done it that way before. <laughs> if you say those words, we are dead. So don't say them. No. Um, we haven't ever done it that way before, I don't think. But we're going to do it that way this year. Marty's, when will Marty, I don't know. Marty's cider is Marty's cider. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, 
And here's another thing that's coming, and I don't know when this is coming because it depends on, on um, the way our congregation grows. Our congregation is growing, uh, not at a uh, super rapid, what I would describe as unsustainable rate, but at a very steady and sustainable rate. And we're growing, and we're going to continue to grow, I hope, Lord willing. And uh, did I say something funny? I'm sorry. About every nine months, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should probably consider how much our attendance growth is related to um, people who don't have teeth yet. <laughs> um, but regardless, we are growing. And I do expect that sometime in the next year, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more than a year, that we will be talking about having a second service again. And uh, that's something that we've done a few different times in our life together. Uh, lots of different history with that. I want you to just forget about that history, and we're going to kind of traverse this new road together. And I'm excited. I really am excited about that. Um, because what I see when we, when we get to that point and we have that problem, because it's not, it is a problem. It's not going to be an easy thing to do. Um, what that means is... Uh, sorry, I wasn't looking at the child. Child noise is totally okay. I was trying to see the clock to see if I was yammering too much. But... Um, what that indicates to me is that more people are experiencing the presence of God in this context, in this community. And um, I hope that it doesn't come across as complete and total bias, but I think that's actually quite special. I think the way that we, and the way that we experience God and embrace our Christian faith and explore the text of the Bible and um, receive the sacraments together, I think that there is something special and unique about Artisan Church, and I love it. And I love that more people are coming to experience it. And I would like to encourage you to invite more of your friends to come and experience it themselves. Um, that does mean that we will fill the room again. We've had the room full before. We made the room bigger. <laughs> but we're starting to fill it again already. And um, we, you know, we're already into that kind of late summer, early spring thing where you know, people are coming and going and it doesn't feel as full as it will feel when we hit late summer, early fall. And so we're going to need to be doing creative things with the way we seat ourselves and the way we welcome people. And the leadership team and uh, I are really going to take a crack at improving a lot of the systems that we have in place for when people come here, what they experience, and try to make this a little bit smoother as we get to a bigger size. Some of the just, eh, it'll work out, doesn't, even, doesn't work out anymore. <laughs> And so we need to kind of uh, sharpen our tools a little bit, and we'll do that. But I think all of that will lead us to a point of having a second service at some point in the next, um, let's say, 6 to 18 months, depending on, on how quickly this happens. So that's coming up. And then the, the last little bit of thing that I want to tell you about is our next thematic thread. We have done two in a row now. Our first thematic thread was what? Beyond Our Walls. We had spent a couple of years talking about buying a building and expanding the sanctuary, and we wanted to focus on ministry outside our walls, and so we did that for a whole ministry year. That continues to inform who we are. This past ministry year, we did Shaped by the Words and uh, focused on Scripture, and that will continue to shape who we are. Do you see that these threads don't like break off at the end of the year? They keep going, and we're just going to wind around them and continue to, to be informed by them. Um, and so what we're going to do, I want to do a little six-month 
thematic thread this year. It's not going to take a whole ministry year, but the next thread will be um, about our next decade. The, 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 20, the second half of 2015 thematic thread is our next decade. Because we are at this hinge point. Even if it's just kind of, well, you had a birthday, you have two digits now instead of one, it matters. Things are going to be changing. And uh, I heard an awesome story this week. Anybody, any basketball fans in the room? I, we're, we're not a really sporty crowd too much, all right? I see some basketball fans out there. Um, uh, so do we like Steph Curry better or Steph Curry's daughter better? Who is cooler? <laughs> um, if you've watched those press conferences, she's awesome. You can find that on YouTube. You don't have to like basketball. Just go, just Google search for Steph Curry's daughter on YouTube. You'll see these cool press conferences. She's a little tiny thing. And she's interrupting him and stuff. It's awesome. Um, I heard a, a podcast about the invention of the game of basketball. And the reason that it's called basketball is because originally it was a peach basket that was uh, nailed to a pole, right? And so every time there was a, a basket scored, the ball would still be in the basket. And they had to get a ladder out and set it up and climb up and get the ball out of the basket and hand it back to the other team so that they could go and score a basket. And then they had to get the ladder out and go and set it up and climb up and get the ball out. And then hand it to their team, and, and on and on like that. Now, eventually they figured out, what if we used a, a net instead of a basket? And so they changed it to a, a net, but the net had a bottom. So it didn't clank around as much, but they had the same problem with the ladder every time a basket was scored. Do you know, uh, do you know it took 10 years <laughs> for someone to bring some scissors and cut the bottom of the net out so that the ball would pass through it and they didn't have to get the ladder out every time there was a score? Ten years! Which of course made me wonder, what is our peach basket at Artisan Church? What have we been doing for ten years that's so absurd and if we would just cut the bottom of the net out, the game would change forever? What is it? Because clearly there's got to be something. We've been here 10 years and we've had a wonderful decade. We have been involved in so much awesome ministry and I don't have time to go into it, but when I think back on it, it moves my heart and sometimes moves me to the point of tears to think about the way that God has worked in and through the people of Artisan Church over this last decade. But it would be arrogant and naive to think that we have it all figured out and that all we need to do is keep playing the game the way we've played it for, this, for our first decade. I'm sure that there were people, because this is the way people are, who said, oh no, you can't cut the net. What about Sam, the ladder guy? <laughs> <coughs> oh no, don't violate the purity of the game. We like to have a little break now and then and go up and get the ball. I, th- I will bet you a billion dollars that there were people who did not want to cut the bottom of the net. But the game of basketball was changed forever for the better because they did. And so one of the things that I want to think about when we begin to talk about our next decade together is, is these nets. What's keeping the ball from passing through? What's keeping us from taking our beautiful, sweet game to the next 
stage of its life, to the next level. So we're going to spend um, the, the, final, the second half of 2015, starting uh, this fall, talking about um, our next decade. And the way we'll do that is to talk about our values. Our five values of awe, beauty, roots, community, and justice are the things that have shaped us for our whole life together. That's not going to change. We're not going to start using a football. <laughs> right? We're not going to start uh, in, including... Uh, bats in our game. It's still going to be basketball, right? It's still going to be artisan. It's still going to be all beauty roots community justice. Uh, and so what we'll do is with each of those, I'll give you a, a message that um, explains the, the biblical basis for those and um, how we intended them to work out. And then we'll have a message where we think about how we've traditionally lived that value out. And then for each of those, we'll also have a message about what we might think ahead to do in that area in our second decade? What are some nets that we can cut? What are some new ministries that we can explore? And so I'm really excited uh, to talk together with you and um, dream together with you about Artisan's second decade. And that's what's going to come up this fall. After, uh, after our summer read is over, we'll do a little bit more in John and then we'll, we'll dive into our next decade. Sound good? Yeah. So... Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not really like a cheerleader type. When you did the, uh, the pep rallies in school, I really rolled my eyes with the chanting and the cheering. And so please understand where this comes from. I want you to say together with me the, the words of Artisan's mission statement, which I know that you have all memorized, but I'm going to say it to you first so that you can refresh your memory. I want this to be what we think about when we look back and evaluate how successful we've been, and I want it to be what we think about when we look ahead. Artisan's mission is to be a place where we encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. We encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. Now, I'm going to say that again, and you're all going to say it with me, because you are all part of this dream. And um, I hope that this doesn't seem too cheeseball, because that's not where it's coming from. But you're going to say this mission statement with me. Will you please do that? We are going to encounter God, embrace people, engage culture in the way of Jesus. That's good. I will do it one more time. If you do it three times, then you would be like, we'd start to be shouting. We're not going to go down that road but I want it to be in your brains. Encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for all that you've given us in this first decade of our life together. We say with the psalmist, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Thank you. We pray, O Father, that you would continue to work in and through us in our second decade and beyond. May we be shaped and led and guided by the same Holy Spirit who spoke to Cornelius and to Peter and shook their foundation and led them to something they never would have come to on their own. Show us the places where we still have a basket on a pole, where we still have a net without a hole, Show us the places where we need to change something to move 
to the next level of what you have in store for us and for our beloved city and for our little participation in bringing the gospel to bear in your world. We pray these things in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the last thing that we'll do together um, as we sing a couple of songs is to take communion. And I would like very much to invite each one of you in the room to participate in this holy sacrament. If you are seeking to trust Jesus and to follow him, this table is open to you. You don't need to be a member of our church. This is a table that is the Lord's table, not the church's. And uh, we practice it by what's called intinction, which means you can tear off a piece of the bread and you can dip it in the cup and receive it, eat it all at once. Um, we have both wine and juice, whatever's more appropriate for you and your family. Please choose accordingly. And uh, children are welcome to come too if, as part of the family if you would like them to. And uh, if you want to take communion first, just please go get them after you do. And uh, whichever way you want to do that is fine. Uh, but as you come to the table, remember Christ's body broken for you. Remember his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Remember that this table levels us all to the same plane. That it puts us in community together with each other and with all Christians who observe this sacrament ever. Which is a pretty amazing thing. Uh, And so I invite you now as we continue to worship in song to come to the table of the Lord and receive his grace which is so freely and fully extended to each one of you. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.